A Rooster at War podcast, new way Q&A episode, episode 455. Steve Schmee here and the Rickster, Ricky V. What's up, Ben? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So we got five topics coming your way. Let's hit the first one. So the first one is, is there any steroids to take pre-workout? So there's a couple steroids that I've, uh, I've tried um, using pre-workout. The first one is testosterone suspension. And I tried injecting it, and it's just brutal. The post-injection pain is just brutal. feels like you got hit by a baseball bat. So I'm very sensitive to post-injection pain, PIP as it is. So for me, it's just, it just doesn't work for me. The other one is called trend no ester and it's a no ester version of Trembolone. And with that one, um, guys swear by it. They take it and they get a little rush, you know, when they get to the gym, but you know, in all honesty, I, in my experience running trend ACE, trend no ester, trend anything, trend hex, it's all the same. I mean, you're still going to feel you're going to feel the trend. I mean, if you start injecting trend, no matter what ester you're using, you will feel it after a week, week and a half, two weeks, and the, and the size and, and the effects just keep improving um, as you go along. And then you get to the point where by week six, week seven, you're like sick of it. You like want to come off. You're sick of the feeling of being on trend. It kind of just annoys the crap out of you. So in my experience, it really doesn't make much of a difference. You got to remember... Even if you use these short, these no ester compounds, in my opinion, it's not going to make a difference whether you're using a long ester, short ester, whatever, because once it builds up in your system, it's in your system. So, but the, the one advantage though, I'll say to using these no ester compounds is if you are a tested athlete, they're not going to find these compounds in your system as easily as they would if you're using a steroid with an ester because the detectable times are going to be much longer. So um, I'm not sure the new testing, maybe Ricky can chime in on that, the new testing that they have, if they're still going to be able to bust you, but I don't think it's going to be as easy. I think that you'll definitely be able to get away with it. If, if you're tested like three days from now and you injected testosterone suspension, I don't think they're going to be able to find it in your system after three days because it's in and out of your system same day. You know what I'm saying? So maybe you can chime in on that, right? Tell us your experiences. Uh, what you said is very correct. Once you're taking injectables, they build up over time. So injecting right before or after a uh, uh, training or the day or whatever, kind of negligible once they build up weeks in. Um, but uh, to answer the question, taking steroids pre-workout that could actually do something that could actually help. Um, any of these base no ester steroids you can get from some labs now. Uh, you can get Trembolone no ester, testosterone no ester, Masteron no ester. There's a lot of no ester single hormone steroids that you can take. And once you shoot it, really uh, it's gone within a few hours. It's in and out of your system within hours. Testosterone itself started as testosterone suspension back in the 1920s, 30s. It was just, just pure testosterone. And anyone using it would have to, to get full effects and good effects out of it would have to shoot it uh, three, four times a day to prick themselves. 
to keep levels steady because it was in and out of your system. So those would help. Um, also, just orals. Orals are good. Dianabol pre-workout. So if you're running Dianabol, that's your kickstart four-week, six-week Dianabol cycle. And you go ahead and make sure to take one of your 10 meg Dianabol doses or five meg Dianabol doses, about 45 minutes, a full hour, hour and a half even, right before training. Uh, I think it does something. And uh, many of you bros out there would agree. It kind of does something because you're you're in the gym working out when that dianabol dose is kind of peaking in that bit where you're getting that peak release from ingestion. So if you're in there during that peak hour, uh, you know, it's, it's gotta be better than not. So pre-workout tips. If you want to boost a, a pre-workout supplement, uh, you can shoot, shoot an actual no ester, take an oral, or, or, or as an alternative, you can also use my N2 Transoderm product. Boom, boom, plug, 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 guys. Ding, ding. Um, N2 Transoderm, go to N, the number two, transoderm.com. Or you could just go to Need to Build Muscle, my website, and click on Muscle Builders. Um, that is a testosterone booster you apply to the skin. It adds exogenous hormones to your system. Very, very strong. And just apply it right on your shoulders and upper back a good hour before you start training. Uh, so those, and, and those are definitely really good options for something that's going to work pre-workout. Why is shooting uh, testosterone anathate or testosterone propionate or, you know, or trembolone uh, anathate? I mean, shooting any of these an hour before working out 45 minutes it just doesn't do anything. You know, those might take overnight until they really start to peak. Um, at least the shorter esters, the, the longer ones might, might take a couple of days. It's just, it's just not important. Once those build up, they're going to give you as much as they can give you. But if you're on top of your injectables that are already built up, you want, you want to place one of your oral doses right before training. That's a good idea. Or if you want to run a no ester steroid just for those training days, it's not a, it's not a bad idea to do. I would look if let's say I was running a cycle where I was taking already trembolone, you know, trembolone and athlete shooting it once a week, twice a week. I could, would, why not use trembolone base and just shoot, you know, 25, 50 megs of trembolone base um, right before a training session. I'd say, you know, if you could, if you could really dose it down with a small, uh, tiny needle you can get 20, 25 megs of trouble on A's before training. Um, that, you know, why, why not? If it's, if you got, you know, 75 milligrams per CC tremble on base or 50 milligrams or hundred milligrams per CC tremble on base. I've seen out there, you should have to a quarter of a CC, a third of a CC, measure it out with a uh, tiny slim pin and you're good to go, man. Just, just uh, it's a decent way to do it. If that's what you were going to do, but Again, um, as long as you got steroids built up from your injections, all of your training sessions are going to give you skin bursting pumps. So uh, maybe not so much any real need for uh, pre-workout steroids if you're already on cycle, just my opinion. I've tried mixing suspension with another injectable, right? Kind of take the edge off of it, didn't work. So not really sure at this point. Um, I highly doubt I'll ever mess with this stuff again, but give it a shot. Don't order. My recommendation is don't order a lot of it. 
So order a little bit of it and try a pre-workout and see if it makes a difference, you know, in your, in your, um, and how you feel, uh, for your workout and see if you're able to handle the pip. And if you're not, then just, you know, throw it out and go get something else. You know, that's the nice thing about it. You don't have to, you know, spend a thousand dollars being, you know, to, to try it out, just, just buy a, just buy a vial of it and try it. You know, that can't hurt to just to experiment with things. So next I'm going to talk about tips on a mild cycle. So this was brought up on the forum. This guy wants to run a Primo and Anavar cycle. And the question is, what kind of results are you going to get from a mild cycle like that? Because those are two very, very mild anabolics. They're not androgenic. They don't cause androgenic or estrogenic side effects. So you're definitely going to not even feel that um, effects of aggression. You're not going to feel, you're not going to get the water, water retention. You're not going to have those side effects, you know, uh, on your heart as much as other steroids. And, um, but the thing is, you know, you're missing that androgenic kick in the cycle. So you might want to throw in a little bit of D-ball. Maybe you might want to throw in a little bit of testosterone, maybe just to give it a little kick. And that will help without interfering with the cycle. Like don't throw in a thousand milligrams of testosterone and don't throw in 50 milligrams a day of Debel. Just throw in like 10, 15 milligrams of Debel or throw in maybe a hundred, 150 milligrams of tests. That's it. You know, this way you don't interfere with the mild cycle. Cause now if you throw in a bunch of Debel and a bunch of tests, now you're going to start getting estrogenic side effects. So it kind of defeats the purpose, you know? So, you know, that's my recommendation. Um, but, a, you know, a good mild cycle would be, the, the Debo and the test recommendations I gave you. And then you can go ahead and run four or five, 600 milligrams a week of, of the Primo. And then you can run 30 up to 60 milligrams a day of the Anavar. And also keep in mind with the Primo and Anavar, it, they are very heavily fed. They're the two very, very expensive steroids. So there's always going to be a you know, they're always, the sources are always going to want to fake it um, because you're talking three, four times as, you know, expensive. So they can take something like D-Ball or, or, or Winstrol. I mean, and then, I mean, it's pretty stupid to try to fake VAR with D-Ball because you would, you'd figure it out so quickly because D-Ball is just going to blow you up and it's going to give you a lot of a lot of water retention. So you would know, Hey, this isn't really Anavar. So, but some sources are stupid and they don't care. So they'll still, they'll still do that, that type of thing. So, you know, there's a big, big difference in price. So for them, they can sell you what you think is Anavar, but it's really Debol. So you want to be careful. You want to use a legitimate source. That's the number one thing. If you ever use Anavar or Primable and you want to use a legitimate source or you're wasting your time. They'll go the cheap route. Don't use your buddy at the gym. You know, you gotta, you gotta come on the forums and find a real source. That's, that's number one. And then number two, you have to remember also the flip side of this argument is that you gotta temper your expectations. Are you going to put on 15 pounds on this cycle? No. Are you going to put on 10 pounds on the cycle? No. Are you going to put on even six pounds on this cycle? Probably not. You know, you're probably going to put on a few pounds, but it's going to be good quality 
lean muscle mass. It's not going to be a bunch of bloat. So you have to temper your expectations. Are you going to add 50 pounds to your bench press? No. Are you going to add 25 pounds to your bench press? Probably not. You might add 10, 15 pounds to your bench press. You know, it really depends where you're at. Like if you've got a long way to go, then it'll be a lot easier to gain a lot of weight quick on any anabolic steroid. But if you're already, you know, you got to build, you got a base going, you built your base already. You can't expect to hit PRs, you know, when it comes to your body weight or with how much weight you're doing in the weight room. Rick, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, I'm on cycle. Look, if we're looking, we're talking about steroids, uh, Anavar, Winstrol, Primo Bolin, even testosterone at the smaller doses. Uh, those are all going to give you mild cycles. Mastron would be a mass, mild cycle too, but um, Mastron might, might be better stacked with something else. Maybe, maybe not the best um, standalone, my, my opinion, maybe. But yeah, I mean, combine any of those four, really, Anavar, Winstrol, Primo Bolin, testosterone, uh, even EQ. Uh, keep it under 500, 400, 300 makes a week. 300 makes a week of almost anything will give you pretty darn good results. So those are very mild cycles when it comes to the steroid game, in my opinion. Um, those are just kind of quick steroids that you can do. You could run, you know, 40, 50 milligrams of Anavar per day. You could do 30 milligrams of Anavar, 30 milligrams of Winstrol, you, you know, per day. That, that's fairly mild. And mild we'd say mild with maybe an asterisk because those are orals and they are going to hurt your liver and you will need to take some into guard uh, for liver support along with the products but when it comes to other you know besides the side effects that you can see with a blood retest uh as far as side effects you, you live with every single day you're not you're not going to see much much of them now SARMs are probably the best for mild cycles you know, if you do a YK11, uh, a rat stack uh, with SARMs, uh, that's going to, you're going to feel way less side effects than you would from running 50, 60 milligrams of, uh, of Anabar or a combination of Anabar or Winstrol, something along those lines. Uh, definitely less liver toxicity running a, a, a SARM cycle. SARMs are the mild alternative to steroids. And, uh, and if SARMs do have some, some bad side effects, they're going to be maybe down the line, down the years. We, we don't know yet because these are new. Uh, they might show up in your blood work. But as far as a day-to-day -day, uh, feeling, day-to-day -day mildness, you know, side effects that won't interfere with day-to-day -day life, SARMs are, are, are the best there. So, um, yeah, guys, that's all I, I got to say on mild cycles. You know, just keep your... Keep your doses low. Look, almost anything could be a mild cycle. You could do 10 milligrams of Dianimal in the morning as soon as you wake up. Uh, that'd be your whole cycle. Just 10 milligrams of Dianimal in the morning before you wake. Uh, do that for six, eight weeks. You, you know, 10 megs, that little bit of a dose, you could probably go eight weeks or longer or a little bit longer. And um, that's a mild cycle. That should be pretty mild. You should get some good growth. Uh, from the from the dianabol, some good muscle growth, a little bit of water retention from the conversion to estrogen. So you, you gain some nice poundage on it, nice strength, nice big pumps in the gym, and a very uh, very little side effects to really have to worry about. That's a mild cycle. Uh, again, 
there's a lot of different angles to these things. Yeah, 10 milligrams of Debo per day will give you some results. It's a mild cycle, but it's enough to suppress your natural testosterone production. So after about a month or two on that, on that, you're going to be making less testosterone uh, because it will be suppressed. So some guys might say, hey, it's not worth just doing 10 megs of Debo a day. The gains I'm going to get are not going to be worth me suppressing my testosterone and then having to go through PCT to get my testosterone back up only for the little bit of gains I'm going to get from 10 megs of Debo. That's one way to think about it. And you wouldn't be fully wrong to think about it that way, right? Just offering the other side of the coin. But when it comes to actual mild cycles and doses, 10 megs of Debo a day is great. 30, 40, 50, 60 even megs of, of Anabar per day, great. And again, that Anabar, you get some blood, some blood tests uh, four, five, six weeks in, your liver enzymes are going to be out of whack and your cholesterol is going to look like shit. Unless, obviously, unless you're taking a, a cycle support product like Entugard, uh, if you're taking it by itself, you're going to see some, some, bad, some bad blood results. But uh, nothing really that's going to affect your day-to-day your -day fully. Nothing really you're going to be concerned with or notice every day. You're just going to look great on it. Um, so that, that, you know, that's it. That's it. That's all I got from Mild Cycles. What do you got, Steve? What, what else? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's just about covers it. So next one, I'm going to bring you in on this one, soreness on steroids. Talk a little bit about this one. You get less sore on steroids. It's that simple. It's that short of an explanation. When you are on steroids, uh, your body recovers from soreness even more. Now, the way to overcome this and, and to be sore again is to really work on the mind-muscle connection. You know, work really work on the mind and muscle connection. And to be honest, guys, this is not something I've really focused on myself, but I know uh, some of the higher top tier guys can really isolate the muscle movements by using their mind, you know, using their mind to really make a connection with the muscle they're trying to contract and contracting it. You know, this is, this is real. It's one of the reasons why some bodybuilders get, you know, torn biceps and torn muscles. They, they just isolate in their minds, the mind and muscle connection. And once you do that and you're able to really connect with the muscle, really recruit all the fibers using, using mind over matter, kind of just mind over your own body. And, and really then, then you'll, you'll begin to get some of that soreness again. But for the most part, when you're on steroids, and you're not really working mind and muscle connection on this isolated exercises where you're really kind of squeezing every fiber, every fiber of the muscle, recruiting them all, you know, high percentage of them. Unless you, you're able to, to pull that off, uh, like, a, like some of the top level guys can do. Unless you're able to do that, um, you're just not going to feel that sore on steroids. You're just going to be able to come back day after day, uh, work out with, with the same kind of levels of intensity, if you do get some muscle soreness, it'll last 24 hours. And then the, the muscle will feel fresh and refreshed again to go um, the very next day uh, or, the, or two days after a workout, uh, which is, you know, if you hit your muscles that hard uh, when not on steroids, you're just not, you know, you're going to feel it. Um, another great compound for that muscle soreness to make it go away is S4 Anderin, uh, SARMS compound. And 
while I don't think Andorin S4 will give you as many as much muscle gains as, as even some of the milder steroids like Anavar Winstrol. Um, if you are a, a training athlete, if you're looking to compete and be a, a, a an athlete in that regard, uh, being able to come into the gym day after day and put in the same level of intensity without being sore from the days before is definitely going to be an advantage, an advantage to advance your skills and hone your technique uh, prior to game day, just from being able to come in every day and, and perform every day uh, at, a, at a high level because you're just not sore, you're not you're not carrying the damage from previous uh, days of training. You're, you're kind of fresh and good to go. So S4 is pretty, pretty good for that. But yeah, for the most part, guys, um, every steroid you take, most of them out there are going to help you deal with muscle soreness and going to keep your muscles less sore. Uh, there's another, another aspect to it. Uh, Winstrol, I'm sorry, I should say Anavar, Trambolone, Dianabol. They're going to cause... Uh, muscle pumps in places you don't want to get pumps in like like right near your shins you feel like you're getting shin splints or your lower back pumps uh and these are just going to i wouldn't call those sore muscles those are just kind of uh muscle pumps that are are uh, you know intrusive they just don't feel great so it can create that side effect but as far as uh the muscle you you worked out that day that you uh, put your your weight on. Uh, um, you know, you you should be fine, man. You should be, you should you should come in fresher day after day while you're on the sauce than when you're not. So the science behind this is that anabolic steroids they block cortisol from binding to the muscle cell receptor sites, so that limits the amount of breakdown in your muscle. So not just when you're working out and breaking down the muscle, but also after. So now it kind of that kind of makes sense why you get less sore. So if you got less of a diminishment of muscle breakdown, then you're going to have less muscle fatigue. So you're going to be able to recover quicker. And kind of the if if you look at, you know, the studies behind this and the, the science behind this, you're talking about twice as fast. You're going to have a twice as fast turnaround. So when you're on a steroid cycle, you could make the argument, if you're used to working out three or four times a week on a steroid cycle, you're going to be able to work out four or five times a week and have, you know, the same exact effects on your recovery as you would working out only two or three times a week, for example. So that's way that's the way anabolic steroids work. But the, the thing is, if you're working out harder on anabolic steroids, if you're pushing yourself a lot harder on anabolic steroids, it can even itself out. This phenomenon can even itself out. So don't be one of those guys who just works out hard on anabolic steroids and then off steroids, you only work out like twice a week. So don't be like one of those guys that, you know, you might go to the gym twice a week when you're off steroids. And then when you're on steroids, you're going to the gym six times a week. That's just not going to fly. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to make yourself conditioned when you're on steroids. And then when you're off steroids, you know, you're reversing that, the progress you're making. So 
really, you know, treat steroids like icing on the cake. Don't treat them as, yeah, I'm taking steroids. I'm magically going to be able to have less soreness and, and work out twice as much and all this stuff, because in the end, it kind of even itself out. Plus what happens is you're more prone to get injured when you're on anabolic steroids, because you're pushing a lot more weight, you're doing much heavier weight. So there's only so much that your soft tissues can handle. And that's, there's only so much that your disc and your back can handle there before they break. Anabolic steroids are going to help you heal discs in your back. They're not going to help you heal a soft tissue injury. They'll actually make it worse. So I hope that makes sense. Um, it's very important because when you're lifting weights, you're not just using your muscles to lift weights. If you were just using your muscles to lift weights, life would be simple. You know, that would be a wonderful thing. Wouldn't that be, you wouldn't have NFL athletes tearing their ACLs and blowing up their knees. You wouldn't have NFL athletes getting concussions. You wouldn't have NFL athletes, um, spraining ankles. Okay. These are all soft tissue injuries and tears and stuff like that. If it was just all about muscles, then you know, we would be good to go as weightlifters, but we're not, you know, you watch these guys who strength train, especially they're not using just their muscles to lift. So animal strength aren't going to help you. Uh, if you are trying to lift 400 pounds and you have a spotter and he's looking at that chick walking by and he's not paying attention to you and you're pushing that lift as hard, as much as you can to get one rep, and he's not there to spot you, you could tear your pectoral muscle right off. You can tear your shoulder right off. You know, it happens all the time with, with weight trainers. So, yeah, I mean, it's not an excuse to be a dumbass and, and, be in, uh, and hurt yourself in the gym. So it's, it's not the same thing. So if you find yourself on cycle getting sore a lot more than you are off cycle, then that's probably what's going on. That's probably that you're, you're just overtraining and you're not using proper technique. All right. So the next one we're going to get into is best oral for just three weeks. So um, on this one, I'll, I'll take a stab at this. Some orals are so damn toxic that you really can't even run them for longer than three weeks or four weeks at the max. So something like Superdraw, for example. I've run Superdraw a couple of times. And I can honestly say, like, I couldn't make it past three weeks on the stuff because it makes you, it's so toxic. It makes you feel like shit when you're on it. It just makes you feel fatigued and tired and you sleep shitty and it, it ruins your appetite. It ruins your sleep. It just makes you feel like crap, man. So, so for me with super draw, you know, running it three weeks is ample. Um, really, you don't need to run it longer than three weeks. Um, another one, Halo. Halo is really, really powerful. And also, it's very, very toxic in the body. So if you run Halo, you know, do you really want to push it past three weeks? Eh. Another one, Anadrol. Anadrol is one you can go three, four weeks, but I wouldn't go any longer. Because what happens is on Anadrol is you get a bunch of side effects. Number one, you, it, it binds to estrogen receptors, although it doesn't aromatize into estrogen. So that's very tricky because you can't take an AI to combat that. So if you're prone to estrogen problems and you have a history of gynecomastia issues, anadrol is not a good choice because it's very difficult to fight off those estrogenic 
side effects. It's very androgenic. So you get all the androgenic side effects, like it hammers your, um, your lipids, your cholesterol, your heart health, your blood pressure, all that stuff. It's, all, it's liver toxic. And by liver toxic, it's going to strain your liver because your liver, it's, it's basically 17 alpha alkylated, right? So your liver is going to have a tremendous amount of pressure on it. And that helps it bypass the liver. So it works a lot more potent than something that wasn't 17 alpha alkylated, right? But there is a detriment to it is that it's going to hammer the shit out of your liver. And then, you know, it comes with uh, the DHT side effects because it is a DHT derivative. That means your head hair follicles get fried. Your prostate gets, gets hammered really hard. Your skin could, could have some effects. So Anadol has a lot of side effects. So do you really want to push it past three weeks, four weeks? If you do, you know, those side effects are going to continue to multiply. And you're, you're taking a huge risk, you know? So, you know, those are some orals really... You just want to stick to three, four weeks for those, those reasons that I mentioned. I've seen a lot of pro-hormones, too, over the years really mess people up, especially younger guys. Um, there's, there's pictures of guys on the forum, Rick, with, um, with yellow eyes, and they're really, really young. And um, because they took these pro-hormones that were over-the-counter, because they used to be over-the-counter, you could just buy them in a supplement shop or you could buy them online with a credit card, and they were legal. But these sometimes these pro hormones in a lot of cases are even more harsh than um, than anabolic steroids themselves. So these, you're having younger guys getting yellow eyes and stuff, and that's jaundice. That's that's liver. Their liver becomes so toxic that those are the side effects they get. It's really not a good thing at all. So it's it's really um, yeah. I mean, there's different issues that come up. But if you ever have any types of side effects like that, you really need to come off right away. It's, it's, it's really, really a bad, bad idea. It's putting a tremendous amount of stress on your body. Well, when it comes to orals that you can get something out of in, in a short three weeks, uh, Dianabol comes to mind, big weight gain on Dianabol just in the first week. Uh, like Steve said, Anadrol, Anadrol, big weight gains. Uh, quite quickly. Um, super draw. Well, no, not super draw. It's a good mention to not mention super draw. Usually you, you, you don't start to see much after about the second week and three weeks is kind of done. Really the first week of super draw can be sort of negligible. Second week, you start to fail something. Third week, you get good gains. Fourth week, you're also good. Once you go past four weeks for most guys, you start to feel some effects on your liver or your liver values might be really, really bad and, and you just don't know it. But um, so steroids for three weeks, I think the king of it would be would be Dianabol, would be the one king steroid you really could do for three weeks. Obviously, if you stayed on the Dianabol, um, four, six weeks, you'd get, you'd get more of that weight being permanent because the original first few pounds with Dianabol are going to be water retention from conversion to methyl stradiol. But the animal is a good one. Um, again, anadrol, like Steve mentioned. Uh, what other oral steroids? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of off the top of my head, what I can see and I know. I mean, that's kind of it. There are things like methyl test and, and methyl uh, atrambolone and stuff like that that's really strong where you can only take a few tiny little milligrams 
per day, like methyl trembolone, it's like two milligrams a day or something like that is all you should really be taking. And some of those too, but those are very uh, uh, fancy uh, kind of items that aren't widely available unless you really go and look for them. So uh, as far as the stuff that's really available, right, you know, run of the mill kind of stuff uh, that you start taking today and then three weeks from now, you've made some serious changes to the way your body looks. Uh, Dianabol uh, and Anadrol are the two that are probably going to, to make really the most, uh, the biggest difference in the way your body looks in that short amount of time. And look, and to be fair, if you went on a really strict caloric deficit diet, good cardio, weight training, and you hit it hard for three weeks, uh, Winstrol would, would, would be also uh, in that realm, even Anavar. Okay. But look, either of those in three weeks won't show a huge improvement or, or a huge difference in the way you look, unless you're on a really serious caloric deficit and really cutting it down, like really cutting those calories down. Um, unless you're really there with your diet, you won't see a ton of change. Dianabol Anadrol, you're going to see some changes. Even if you don't uh, increase uh, uh, your your eating habits too much, you still be making more out of that the calories you do consume. You're gonna you're gonna see something out of. So I thought I, I mentioned that that angle of it too, that aspect of it too. But uh, yeah, this is pretty much what I think on those. You got any other thoughts on it, Steve? Nope, not at all. I think I covered it all. So the last one we're gonna talk about is going to be a story. Uh, it's going to be story time here. Um, says here um, he went to he went on a trip with his girlfriend. They both had a one week vacation, so they took the weekend uh, to stay up in the mountains. He is on cycle, so he took the steroids with him. He because he didn't want to miss a dosage because he didn't plan on working out on his trip, so he wanted to kind of hold his gains until he got back. So. He stayed in a cabin and a cabin in the mountains, which is awesome. I, I would love to do that some, someday. And he found a couple cubby holes where he could hide his steroids in the needles. And he didn't think she would look in there because there were guns and animal heads in front of it. So it was kind of hidden. He says that she, he went fishing and he got back to the cabin. And he was all excited you know, to show her the fish she caught, you know, they're going to have a good dinner and eat the fish together. But she ended up finding the steroids and needles and her face was red. She started screaming at him that he was a drug addict. She said to get out and leave the car and find his way back home. So, you know, that's, that's the story. Apparently they've been together. It looks like here for a couple months. So, my first thoughts on this initially um, were, were very insensitive toward this guy. And, and my thoughts were like, look, serves you right for lying to your girlfriend. If you're in a relationship and you've known her long enough where you guys are actually going on these types of trips, you know, she needs to know if you're, she, she would need to know about this. I mean, this is something major, you know, she would need to know she can put two and two together. Um, and what you could do in that situation, even if you didn't want to tell her you were cycling steroids, you could just tell her, Hey, I'm on TRT. So, you know, Hey, I'm on TRT. This is the vial of testosterone. I take, these are the needles that I used to inject myself. 
that's it. You know, and a lot of people understand that because everyone and their mom these days is going on TRT. So um, I don't think it's a big deal if you would have done that. That, that would have been my advice. So, you know, those are the things you need to talk about, you know, when, when you're in, in a relationship, you don't hide things from another person, especially in that situation. Like for her to find it in a little cubbyhole like that, you know, that would make her, you know, very, very upset because not only is she finding needles, but also, Hey, you know, you, you're a new guy in her life. You know, she's only known you a couple of months. And if I was, if I was in, in her situation, I would be upset too. If I found needles in a cubby hole like that, I'd be like, man, you know, this chick is, this chick is doing fucking drugs here, you know? So, you know, surprises are never a good thing, especially early on in a relationship because, you know, they can be, you know, they can be, um, permanent you know um this could be a permanent situation so uh, what are your thoughts rick uh, you you're, you're a big relationship guru you've been in um in a couple marriages and stuff so you know and you've been you've been divorced and all that stuff so what are your thoughts on this one is this something um he should be uh he should give it another shot or should he just move on well uh the fact that she tried to kick him out of the car uh, without giving him a chance to explain um that already shows like fish ain't right you know what i mean it's just not even if he was uh even if he if she was correct and he was on some harsh like narcotics or something uh the fact that they uh the fact that he's always acted right with her and the fact that there's nothing else seems like nothing else wrong with their relationship other than for finding uh, these medications that she doesn't understand. She should have gave him ample time to explain. She shouldn't have kicked them out of the car. She should have asked them to explain on, on the ride or, or maybe turn back, but now never leave somebody on the side of the road. I mean, only reason to kick someone out of your car is because maybe they're a danger to you. Uh, or, yeah, or, but or, or she, least... she kicked them out of the cabin and, and she the said, cabin. leave the car. Yeah. She kicked, so she kicked them out of the cabin and said, leave the car. So you had to walk home from the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that. Like, you don't, you don't fucking do that. You don't, you don't talk somebody out like that. Under, like, what happens on his way back if a, if a serial killer gets him? You know. Look, man. Um, she's just, she just shows she doesn't give a fuck. Uh, didn't give him ample chance to explain. Uh, he's not a danger to her. There's no reason why uh, she should make him walk or anything like that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, you're. You're doing something I don't like, or you're, or you're someone that I don't uh, like that you are. And so now I'm going to punish you. I'm going to give you a punishment. And your punishment is uh, physically, physical punishment. You have, you got to walk or you got to, you know, it's kind of stupid. The only, the only way you kick somebody out and, and say, I can't be in a car with you. I can't be in a cabin with you is if this person was a serious danger to your health, um, to your safety. But Dude's been good, except, you know, he's a juicer. She probably likes him because he's in good shape because he is fucking juicing. She just doesn't understand that part of him yet. So, look, uh, you should have maybe um, approached this. See, you don't have to tell people your business. You should have been more careful, dude. You know, you should have been more careful so you wouldn't have to explain this about yourself until things were further along um, and you realized that you, that you could trust her and it was worth it. Um, if she reacted like this, I she's going to go around your social circle and make you look like shit. 
uh, around anybody that, that you guys both know. So that's that that really sucks. Um, she ain't no good, man. She showed her true colors. And she she's no good. She shouldn't have reacted this way at all. There's like no justification at all for her actions or the way she's behaving. It's not her job to punish you because you're doing something so what, she dislikes. So what yeah, would no. you do if you were in the situation, you went on a trip with a girl and then you found, let's say you found a couple needles underneath the, the mattress on a, in the hotel room. Well, I want to, I want to know what it was what, what all about. Maybe she's on, on medication and she's embarrassed to tell me maybe, you know, maybe she doesn't want to be upset that she's hiding it from you instead of just telling you up front, Hey, I'm on this type of medication. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to how know long, if she's on how long, how, how long how long was I with her before I found the needles? That's important. Well, I mean, you're on a, you're on a trip, so obviously you've been with the person long enough to be. What's well, long a, enough? A couple, of, of, two, three months? Because I've I've met a girl and been on a trip with her the next week. So I mean, what two, three months? A week? How, how long have we known? So you met a girl and you went with her after a week? Like she didn't even know you. You could be a serial killer. You know what I'm saying? Well, we 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 had family connections, so uh, like she knew people from my family. I knew hers were. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. No, it's it's a uh, that dude. It's it's look, man. Um, maybe she doesn't have to tell me all her business until we're further along in a relationship. You know, I let me don't, ask I, you this: Would you ignore? Would you just ignore it and like act like you didn't see it? No, I would. I would say, hey, baby, look what I found. These are these are yours, right? You want some meds or something? And if she doesn't want to talk about it, I wouldn't press her on it. I'd be like, all right. I mean, again, unless we are like. You want to know. Serious. I mean, if she's injecting shit, she could give you AIDS. She's injecting stuff, right? She's sharing needles with other drug users. She could give you AIDS, bro. You should you should want to know that, you know, buddy. I don't I don't I listen, man. I don't know how many drug users you, you, you've come across. But if 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 I find needles under the bed um, and I'm on a trip with this girl. I automatically assume that these are not opiates or, or any kind of narcotics because you can see that shit on a person. Like nobody is really going to be shooting fucking heroin and they just act normal. Like this bitch would be nodding out everywhere. She'd be acting fucking crazy. She wouldn't be able to eat. Like, like we'd sit down to have breakfast or lunch or dinner at the restaurant. She wouldn't be able to eat. She'd be eating fucking cereal and milk all day because that's all her her stomach would be able to tolerate if she's on, on opiates. So like, I mean, I, I wouldn't like, I find needles under the bed. I'm not going to assume, Oh my God, I've been going out with a, with a, with a heroin addict all this time. No, man, you see that shit. You, you, you know, somebody's on fucking heroin before you even see the needles. You don't have to see the needles. You know what I mean? I mean, look, there's some functional heroin addicts that actually go to and from work every day, but you could put a shield on at work with people that aren't, that intimate with you, but she's staying over my house. I'm staying over hers. We're going over a trip. Very intimate. I'm, I'm going to see every, every inch of her body. So I'll be able to see, I mean, unless she's shooting fucking heroin in between her, 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 her toes, I'm going to be able to see track marks. I'm going to see, I'm going to be notice that her lifestyle, uh, there's unexplained failure in her lifestyle. She might be smart. She might be clever. She might be a great person, but Bitches is washed up. You know, she's not making it in life. Like there's there's a ton of warning signs for somebody who's doing heavy narcotics. So I'll find needles. I'm going to think it's insulin. I'm going to think, oh, bitches on GH. Think thinking she's taking human growth hormone to look good. I'm going to think she's on peptides. I'm going to think she's fucking injecting, you know, uh, um, 
the Geniza Pharma, uh, your Hembia HCL mixed with clenbuterol to stay thin. I'm going to think uh, uh, she's on insulin. She's a diabetic. I'm going to think a lot of things before I think, oh, my God, I'm just finding out she's a heroin addict. Like, listen, not very many people would be able to hide a heroin addiction from someone that they're sleeping with. You know, heroin addicts are fucking washed. They're washed up. And, and look, most heroin addicts actually start off being addicted to opiate pills, prescription opiate pills. By the time they're down or using heroin is because they've ran out of money to use op to use uh, uh, pharmaceutical uh, opiates. It's too expensive. And heroin will give them the same buzz for like a tenth of the price. Right. So by the time somebody is so washed up, they're using fucking heroin. Uh, they've, they've been down the gutter. They, they've started with pills. They went down to, you know, pills, cough, syrup, and now they're just so broke and so washed up that they're using heroin and they're going to be nodding out. They're going to be nodding the fuck out. They won't be able to eat. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Right. You, you hear where I'm coming from. So but again, on the angle of this girl, this girl doesn't fucking know anything. Right. This girl doesn't know shit. So she might think he, he this dude could really be sitting there, you know, doing opiates and still acting normal, still working out at, at, at the gym, at the hotel, still getting up early, having normal breakfast, lunch and dinner, normal activities, normal way of behaving. He's just on heroin like that. That just doesn't happen. She probably doesn't know enough to figure that out. And the fact that she won't give homie a chance to explain, you know, I can see her kicking him out and saying, you, you, you find your own way home. If he at some point there was an argument, something happened. If, and if he at some point showed that he could be a real danger to her, to her safety, even if she never seen needles, I could understand her not wanting to be in the same car in the same cabin with him. But if everything else is fine, if she's comfortable with him, everything's good. She just found some needles. This, this needs to be a, a, a one, two, three, four night in a row conversation, trying to figure this shit out, trying to figure out what's going on and what it means to her. Um, not just a very close-minded person, very someone that, that just shows someone who's not on the search of truth, but someone who thinks they have all their truths and they're not going to give you a chance to explain. And, and that's the part that's the worst part about the story is she's not giving them a fucking chance to explain. She's not giving them that chance. That's fucked up. So Did that happen to yeah. you? Is that why you're so sore about it? Uh, I've seen I've been in situations where things seem worse than they are and not given a, a chance to explain. And that's already a, a pattern of behavior that you don't you don't want to come near. You don't want to be around someone that behaves like that. It's just what it is. Lucy, you have some explaining to do. What's that from? That's uh, that I love Lucy. Come on, man. Rick, how you, Ricardo. Dude, how do you know oh, that? Oh, oh, oh. Let me ask you a question. You don't watch TV. So how do you know all this? Um, when I when I was a kid, um, I love Lucy uh, was was came on right after one of my cartoon shows, so I remember like I love oh, okay, Lucy gotcha. coming, coming on. You said like, you never even, watched TV. Oh, as a kid, I did. Oh, as a child, oh, okay. I loved television. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And, and listen to be to be to be real with you, I like television now during during the lockdowns. I, TV is fucking great. It's addictive. I just don't. I just stay the fuck away from it because. Uh, I have attention deficit disorder. It takes me longer to get work done and get things done than most other people. And so uh, if I threw TV on top of that, I'd never get anything done. But television, love that shit. It's fucking great when you, when you, when you 
it's terrible getting into television and getting into shows and series and sitting down week after week looking at the clock waiting for it to come on. I fuck that. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, 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 no. That's why DVR. But as a kid, or oh, as a kid, I watched a ton of television as a kid. A lot. It's it's uh between comic books and television. Um, it's about seventy percent of what helped me uh, learn learn English when, when I was a child, and then you know thirty percent at school probably. But uh, do you remember? Uh, you remember the movie? You remember the movie Home Alone? Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah that was a big hit in your day. And then uh, Macaulay Culkin, uh, he's a one hell of an actor. Uh, he never did anything else really uh, of significance after after Home Alone. Has he done anything recently? No, right? Uh, uh, they have like an update. Uh, his brother did a, did a couple movies. Uh, his brother, I think, he's a director and stuff. So, but he's one heck of an actor. You know what I'm saying? Best, best, best. Whatever, eight, eight, ten year old. I like the. Did you like the second one when he's in New York? Um, I like the. I like, Home Alone. Both Home Alones were good. He did two, right? They were good. Both yeah, good. yeah. The 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 best part of the Home Alone is when when he's beating the shit out of the robbers. Like because like they 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 take a beating and they still like they still they don't die like because in real life if if you know that would have happened in real life they would have died like twenty times during the whole uh, you know beat down you know what I'm saying so that's the cool thing about the movie it's just a that's the best part of the movie they should have done just half the movie that. Instead of just doing all that bullshit. I thought, Joe, I thought Joe Pesci. I thought Joe Pesci was great in that movie. Joe Pesci is is. I mean, yeah. he he's he's like the other half of that movie because he's, he's no. The other player. guy was good. The other guy, the other robber. But they were like, you know, it's funny. They they gave him like the pinky and the brain dynamic. They had the tall, goofy guy, and then the little short, really kind of kind of smarty guy. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. fun. Uh, it's a fun dynamic. It's been done over and over again in, in, in many different stories where you get the yeah. big kind of dumb doofus guy and, and the small uh, kind of smart guy. It, it's, it's been a, a movie and story dynamic for forever. Did you, when you were younger, did you fantasize about being in that situation? Um, you know, like booby trapping your house and, and having the robbers come and beating them up and stuff. It's funny because when I was, that that young when i watched home alone uh we lived in a control rent apartment building it was fucking infested with roaches even though we kept our house really clean um some of the neighbors didn't and the roaches would always like when we fumigate they'd leave for a couple of days they come back and so watching that movie i was like man how awesome would it have been to like grow up in the u.s have my, my parents would have been professionals here and we'd have a big house and just Fuck the robbers, fuck everything. Just like, like having my own, my own nice big room and having a house with a backyard and, and a basement and all that. I thought that's what I thought was cool about the fucking movie. The fact that, you know, the, the, what was it? The, the McAllisters? What was the name of the family in the movie? I mean, these fucking yeah, people really they're Irish. They're McAllister. Yeah, they were like they were like really well off and, and they were like mm -hmm. going to France for, for a vacation. Like, bitch, you going to France with your whole family? That's so I, if there was anything about the movie that I thought was 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 cool or or, or something I, yeah. I, I could I could say, hey, I like that was like actually having a house and having my own room. And, and you know, because we lived, dude, we lived like in a little fucking like tiny little apartment and like rent control town in, in in New York there and roaches. And and it was like, you know, people the ghetto talking about the ghetto is a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, fuck. Like I, had real, like, I didn't, dude, I didn't have to fantasize about 
about robbers coming to get into my house. Like we had gang, we had gang members that used to just hang out right, right on my walk to and from the 7-Eleven from my house. I, I'd, I'd have to walk uh, across a little hangout spot where a crew of, of uh, you know, gang gang members would hang out. And if I took the other road, that's where the where that's where like people that were homeless would frequent because they'd be close to the street asking for change yeah. and shit. So so I'd have to from my building, I could either take one side of the street. And, and cross the the the, the gangbanger hangout little little cross this little little tiny park, they would hang out. Or I would go down the other way, the main road, and then just bump to, into one or two homeless people acting crazy on the street on the way there. So I didn't really have to fantasize about robbers coming into my into my you know upper upper middle class uh, uh, neighborhood. Yeah, like that. You just leave the door open, and uh, you don't worry about them coming in. But they what might come that? in. You don't have to worry about them coming in. You just leave the door open because no one's going to rob you on Christmas. Well, uh, yeah. in my apartment building, they'd have to buzz in to come in. Now, people, you know, my, my apartment building, people had their their apartments broken into. They they were usually not home when they got broken into, but a lot of people had their. They're probably looking for drugs or um, or something, you know. It was just it's just easy pickings, you know. A lot of like, imagine that. Like if you if you live in the ghetto, um, what would be easier to to sneak into another apartment building and try to force open the door or get to the fire escape and, and break someone's window and come in or to try to find a, a decent looking car so the cops don't pull you go to an upper class neighborhood <laughs> deal with alarms deal with with escape deal with with parking your shitty fucking car on that street sticking out like a sore thumb like really um you know if you're in the ghetto it's walking you know my apartment building is walking distance you don't need a car get you don't need a getaway drive it's right there it's a different story dude there's a yeah, I wasn't <laughs> watching that movie. I wasn't I wasn't thinking, oh, how fun would it be to deal with robbers? I'm like, bitch, I see these fucking people to and from to and from walking to and from the 7-Eleven every day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't you know, I need to fantasize about that. Yeah. I fantasize about that housing trips to Europe. Jeez, fuck Christ. Too short is the name of the uh the guy who sings the ghetto. The ghetto. There's been a ton of songs about, about the ghetto. Funky, yeah, there's a ton of songs about the ghetto. All right, guys. Yeah, that, that does it. Uh, if you haven't seen Home Alone, it's a great film. It's a great film. Check it out. Yeah. The first one was, 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 was good. The second one, not, not so much, but it's still good. Um, good. Just uh, on the second one, just fast forward to the end, like the last 20 minutes of it, where, they, where he beats the shit out of the robbers again. Cause um yeah, but that was realistic that he ran. He happened to run into them in a different city right when they're breaking out of jail. I mean, and he happened to be there. I mean, it's just you know one. In a, it's a one in a billion chance. You know? Was it wasn't so, the first Home Alone based in New York too? Like in Long Island? No, something? no, it was no, it was in Chicago. Chicago. Okay, yeah, I don't remember any of that. And then he ran into them in, in NY. <clears throat> Yeah, because they flew Which, to if Miami. They went, if, they, if they went to jail in, in, in Chicago, how did they end up in New York? Yeah, that's that's what we call uh, in the film industry a plot, plot hole. That's that's what you call it. Oh, that's what you guys in the film industry call it? Okay, that's Yeah, it's called, it's called a plot hole, yeah. And that's why, um, you know, critics kind of slam a movie like that at um, – Cause it's not, it's not, it's not possible. And, and in the city of New York with 12 million people, you're going to happen that you're going to run, run into the, the kid, like on the street, like it's impossible, you know? So. Well, one thing they, that I think home alone did that really 
add it to the to the to the picture it's they 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 made it they made two christmas films you know they were christmas films and and sometimes christmas films are are pretty uh are pretty cool because of the season because you're you're in a certain mindset around the holidays and then you get this movie that kind of shares that that kind of a christmas vibe christmas feeling so um, it's one of the reasons I'm pretty sure the the movies did really well in the theaters and and they became kind of cult classics is because if you get a a lot of Christmas movies are, are shit but if you get a really good Christmas movie it'll it'll survive the test of time it'll it'll come back around every every year Christmas somebody will want to watch it uh, some some channel or some yeah. network will rerun it you know it just never dies a good Christmas movie never fucking dies. All right, guys, that does it. This was episode 455. Glad to be with you. Talk to you guys next week. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.